Blog Talk Radio. Please stay tuned for Brandon's Buzz. I'm Joan Van Ark, and the buzz is hot. <laughs> so if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it, better when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz. Place to be. Hi, this is Peggy Scott Adams, and guess what? I am buzzing with my man, Brandon on Brandon Buzz. This is Michael Brainerd on Brandon's Buzz. Are you buzzed? This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, it's Brandon's Buzz. It's June 23rd, 2009. It's 3 p.m. here in Texas, 4 p.m. out in the east, and 1 p.m. out in sunny California, and I am thrilled to have you back with me here on Brandon's Buzz. Uh, A great show today and a great show later this week. On Thursday, Thursday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, I'm having a terrific conversation with a great lady named Terry Garber. You remember her from the North and South miniseries, uh, from her roles on Santa Barbara and Dynasty and As the World Turns. Uh, a great actress, a great lady. I've I've had the time of my life just emailing with her, and I can't wait to get in here to talk about her career, about acting, about life. It's going to be great fun. That's Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here at Brandon's Buzz. Uh, you can find me in a multitude of ways. The show's official website is www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. Uh, from there, you can listen to the show. You can download old shows. You can send me an email. You can leave comments. You can tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. Uh, any and all feedback about this show is appreciated, and you can put it from that site, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Buzz. You can also find me at that blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There is a full radio archive uh, of every episode that I've done of the show. This is my 26th show, believe it or not, uh, and you can listen to all the previous 25 from my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. Just click on the radio button at the top of the page, uh, and from there you can listen to all my previous episodes, and you can see the great banners that my pal Joanne has made to help me advertise the show, brandonsbuzz.com. I am also at iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Uh, just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box, scroll down to the podcast section, click on my uh, From there you can subscribe to the show and have new episodes automatically download to your iTunes library the minute they're upload to the music store, or you can download individual old episodes as podcasts uh, and listen to them on your iPod or the the portable device of your choosing. That's all at iTunes. So I'm all over the Internet. There's no excuse not to be able to find me. Just Google the words Brandon's Buzz, and uh, something will pop up that will point you in my direction, surely. Uh, And I appreciate you guys listening and coming along for the ride. I have a great show this week, as I said, and I have a great show today. You know, still an enormous fan favorite after nearly 30 years as part of the Abbott family, she is the Emmy-winning star of the top-rated soap opera The Young and the Restless. As for him, you literally can't name a mega-hit television series from the past three decades, from Three's Company to The Big Bang Theory, that he hasn't appeared on. They've reached their triumphant successes from completely different angles, she playing one role and he playing well over 100, but they've just fused their individual wells of knowledge and uh, experience together to create a dynamite new instruction-based website entitled Auditions L.A., which aims to give actors working at any level of experience and confidence a leg up when trying to nab their next role. And they come by the buzz this afternoon to talk about their new venture 
and their shared love of the strange thing called acting. What a huge thrill to welcome back to my show today the fabulous Beth Maitland, and to bring on for the first of what I hope will be many chats in this forum, the hilarious Joel Brooks. Hello. Hi, <laughs> How are you? Uh, you're Pretty good. How are you guys doing? <laughs> How are you guys doing? It's a great thrill to have you on the show today. Thank you. It's great to be here, and I'll tell you what, we have a beautiful day in Southern California. Um, we have had two or three weeks' worth of, um, I don't think it's been above 70 degrees here, which is very unusual. Wow. And today, it's 80, the sun is shining, and we're having a good day, so we're glad to be here with you, Brandon. <laughs> well, let me tell you about Texas. It's 98 degrees, and it's been that way for the past, I don't know, six weeks or so. It's just been <laughs> well, we've had the We've had the hottest June that I can remember in 14 years here. Oh. Well, mm. <laughs> let's move to Texas, Beth. <laughs> we, I think I, you guys stay right where you are. Yeah, I yeah, think so, too. <laughs> so we learned, all about, we learned all about Beth uh, when she was here on the show back in February. But, Joel, let's get, let's get the 60-second uh, the bio on you. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Where did you go to school? I was born and raised in New York City, actually the Hello. Beth is here. Hello. Oh, oh no. I think we lost Joel. Oh no. I think it's still be on the... the His number is still showing up on the switchboard. Huh. I think it must be Joel. Joel. I don't know. Don't you love live radio? <laughs> okay, Joel, hear. hang. I think that sort of uh, feedback, it must be him trying to talk. I bet he's. I am. Hello? Oh, oh, Joel's back. That was crazy. So <laughs> I was talking all this time and you heard nothing. <laughs> That's exactly right. We heard some buzzing, like Brandon's buzz, but it wasn't, it wasn't you talking. So oh, my was... God, I was so fascinating. <laughs> Where were you born? Start over. Oh, my God, I'm so bored with that story. I just told it a minute ago. I was born in the Bronx, born and raised in New York City. I went to public wow. schools there. I went to Hunter College. Then I went to the University of Minnesota. From there, I went to, back to New York and did, you know, Shakespeare in the Park. I did all the off-Broadway stuff. And then in 1980, I came out to L.A. to try to find my fame and fortune, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly did. And I've been out here ever since. Did, you, you must have always known you wanted to be an actor. I did. Actually, there's a story. My family tells a story that uh, – um, when I was brought, they brought me into the back from the hospital and plopped me down in front of the TV, and that's what I always wanted to do. I wanted to be on the TV. I wanted to be in the box that had, you know, happy families and music and all that stuff. I wanted to be a part of it. There was never a time that I had, like, a crisis of what I wanted to do. It was always I wanted to be on TV. And did you always kind of understand what was going on inside the TV? I mean, did you always understand that it was, you know, pretend and that, you know, oh, these were God, actors? No. And that, okay. I still think that people live that way. I still <laughs> think that there's happy endings and that, you know, there's music underneath people's lives. 
And I always wonder why mine doesn't have any music. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you call your big break? You know, I don't think I had any big breaks. People have been really, really good to me my entire career. There's always been somebody that has believed in me and helped me and told me, you know what, you should do this, or let me take you and do this, or let me show you how to do this. There's always been somebody at, at every single point in my career who has taught me something, who has said, okay, you know, this is how you do this, and, and saved me a lot of time in my career. Um, and so there was never really one big break. You know, I, was in, I, was, I did uh, uh, theater in school, and then through that I met somebody who introduced me to somebody else who did a kindness or saw some talent, and through that I was introduced to somebody else, and then I was brought to New York, and then, I mean, I wasn't brought to New York. I got a job, and then I got another job, and then I got another job, and it was all because people were noticed something and decided to help me, which is why sort of uh, Beth and I do what we do. And how great that you've decided to give back in this way because, you know, so many people, they achieve a certain level of success and then they, you know, they get kind of uppity about it and highfalutin and forget all about, you know, you know kind of I, I being back to the well. I honestly don't think that there are many people like that. I know that there are. But I think in our business, everyone knows how important it is to help somebody else. It's only at the beginning or it's, uh, it's only when you think that there's just a certain amount of work out there that you get all, you know, uh, all antsy about it and you, you want it all to yourself and you get very selfish. But when you realize that you're, you're only going to get the job that you're going to get, and if someone else should get that job, you're not going to get it. If they want someone who's five feet tall and really thin, they're not going to give me the job. Or somebody black. But if, they, if, I, if, if I walk in and they're going to give me the job, it's mine. So sure. there's no way to hoard. There's no reason to not be generous with your time. And most actors I've met really are generous. It's just a few that you hear about that are really hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, I, I don't want to interrupt Joel's. I always interrupt oh. Joel. It's like our, our deal. I always interrupt him. And I watch our videos that we'll talk about later, and I think, I am so rude. This is horrible. But I do You're want to not say, rude. You're adorable. <laughs> well, I do know. I don't mean to contradict you, Joel, but I do know a lot of actors who are kind of selfish. And so it is um, – but they're not – they're not the ones that we want to know. They're not the ones that we want to hang out with and invite to our classroom when we're teaching or have over if we're having a party. They're not the people that we want to spend time with because I think I'm happy to hear Joel say that his experience is different than mine and that most of the people he knows are generous. I don't think that – I think there is a very dark, selfish side of show business that, um, that, doesn't, that is not aware that there's a bigger picture. If we are given the – the amazing opportunity, the amazing blessing to have a job and to get to go do it and do our dream and be on television and or in a movie and and do what we've what we've prepared for and dreamt of. Um, I, I really feel like the people I want to be around are the people that appreciate that, and there are lots of people who don't. So I think Brandon um, might be right, Joel. Now I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. Uh, I think that most of those people that you talk about, and there are many of them are people that just start out. 
that don't really understand the uh, complexity and the length. And, you know, Beth and I always say that a career is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You have to look at the big picture. It's not this job. It's your career that you look at. And mostly the young people, I remember being, oh, my God, this is many years ago. I was a, had a recurring role on a show. Uh, I don't even remember the name of it, but it was a sitcom, and there was a writer strike or some kind of strike, and they... Oh, at the most exciting moment. <laughs> Joe, Joe, we lost you again. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. That was oh no! <laughs> Cliffhanger. Hello. There you are. Yes, Joe's oh, back. Really fascinating too. Where did you Where did you lose me? <laughs> there was some kind of strike, and yeah, you were on a sitcom, oh, and there was a writer strike, and okay, okay, I was on some sitcom, and um, this this show for some reason was ready. And there were no other shows. So it, it was introduced, it, would, it debuted in September, whenever it was. And it was like number two or three. But there was nothing else on TV. And these people went nuts. They were buying houses and they were celebrating. And I was, was looking around going, um, kids, hello. <laughs> this is not real. Hello. And... Um, they would just, they got full of themselves and they they behaved differently once the show aired. And sure enough, by the end of the mid-season, they were canceled. <laughs> Which is, you know, other shows other shows came along and, and that was the end of their uh, dominance. It was something else to watch. It was a horrible sitcom. And so... It's, it's just so when you don't know any better, when you get sucked in, you know, this is another thing we always say. Beth and I always say, don't go to the shiny. If someone is, is, is dangling something shiny in front of you, your eyes go to it. You just go there. But most of the time, the shiny thing disappears really quickly. <laughs> it's what's behind it that you have to look at. Absolutely. So it, it sounds like that you two have been friends for a good while. How did you How did you guys meet and decide to kind of pull your time? Beth, you tell <laughs> me. Sorry, go ahead, Beth. I'm going to tell it because Joel doesn't remember it. I'm just kidding. I do remember it. Go ahead. You tell it. A long time ago, in a faraway land, um, it was actually in the 80s, um, we, there were, I don't know if your listeners now are even aware of some of these, they used to have game shows where they would always have celebrities on to get people to watch, and they were usually aired during the day or during the dinner hour. And there was a very hilarious show, and I, I want to say it was Tattletales. It, it might have been like a 20-question style thing, and I think that buzzing is Joel trying to interrupt me, and I'm just going to keep talking. No, 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 no. The buzzing is, uh, is my – no, no. Go right ahead. I'm fascinated, Beth. So what they would, what they would do is pair up a few celebrities. And so um, I was on with a lady named Marsha Warfield, who was an actress on a show called Night Court. Sure, absolutely. She was the bailiff. She was – Right? Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, you remember her. Yeah. Well, Brenda remembers everybody, you'll find. Anyway, okay. so I was I was partners with Marsha, and Joel was partners with Soupy Sales. I, See, I don't remember kid. that part. He was, I have no recollection of Soupy Sales. So, well, but, I mean, I know I remember who he is, but I don't remember sitting across from him. Yeah, right. Actually interacting with him. 
You absolutely did, and Soupy was just charming. And and so we we met on a on a game show, and Joel was so engaging and so hilarious, and um and much more interesting than anybody else around. So we kind of <laughs> struck, up, <laughs> struck up a little acquaintance, and then we didn't see each other for many years, and we have a mutual friend who reintroduced us. Um, she is a fabulous writer, and she um, um, holds court in her lovely home in Studio City and has coffee on all hours of the day for anyone who wants to drop by. So Joel and I wow. became acquainted again about five or six years ago. And uh, through now we should – I'm sorry to interrupt, but, you know, this, this person that we're talking about is actually a fascinating person in her own right. She yes, used is. to work. She used to be a sitcom writer and TV movie writer, and I think she has actually written some features too. Yes, and then a, a couple of years ago, she, her whole life got sidetracked when she met the world-renowned psychic Sylvia Brown. And she has been writing books with Sylvia Brown for wow. how many years? Ten? Fifteen? Well, they have ten because they have ten bestsellers together. Right. So it's just it's an amazing thing to think about how you think your life is gonna go one way and then all of a sudden you you open the door and hello? It'll turn on a dime in a second. Oh yeah, okay. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So we met again in five years. So we got got back together through our friend Lindsay. And now maybe now that you say ten years, it's been uh, well. We must have been back in touch uh, maybe uh, eight eight years or nine something like that. Yeah, it's been a while. And and um, and so we uh, met met again socially and uh, revisited our 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 game show days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, but, you know, and, but didn't we work on a, on a show together? We worked on a show together. Well, uh, recently we did. We worked. Yes, yes. Um, we worked on a, a show shows, called. A couple of shows. Right on War at Home, and let's see, I've, I've some pilots, a bunch of things. Joel and I also do a bunch of other things besides just act. And you kind of have to when you're an actor. You kind of have to be able to juggle and do all kinds of different uh-huh. um, jobs. And so we uh, meet occasionally on sets, working on the same show together. So that's fun. But, you know, um, the best part about doing other things is that Beth and I also say that when you're looking at a career and you're trying to break in, you're just looking at this brick wall. You have no idea how to get to the other side of that wall. It's a brick wall. What we tell people to do is get a job, get, get, go into casting, go into production, do anything you can so you can see what's on the other side of the wall. And when you're on the other side of the wall, you can go, oh, yeah, look, there's a place I can come in, or, oh, yeah, there's a brick loose there. And so what we do, with the, the good thing about us, is that every, well, we try to at least, to do other things. Beth has been in casting. I mean, there's a lot of things to do on the other side of the wall that will only inform you're acting on Absolutely. when you're on one side of it or not. Absolutely. You have to know the entire um, uh, business in order for it to be a business. In addition to that, both Joel and I have other goals besides just being actors. I would I would like to direct at some point, and so I do some jobs um, on sitcoms primarily where I do post-production notations, and I do a job that teaches me more about the part of acting I don't right. understand so much. Right. Joel does some uh, – we both do acting coaching outside of, outside of our little um, website and our own acting classes. We do private coaching. We do all kinds of things. Um, like you said, I was in casting. Joel was a sitcom writer. We we have we 
each um, have other goals that we hope to be moving toward in and out of weaving all the options that are available in show business into a long-time career. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, could, I can only imagine that, like Joel says, I mean, putting together a movie, putting together a television show is such a huge puzzle, and everybody contributes a piece. Mm-hmm. And I would think that the more you understand about the pieces of the puzzle, uh, the, the, it's only going to make you better. It's only going to make you stronger. Uh, I have an example of that very thing. I just coached some actors on a pilot, um, just a couple, which wasn't picked up, just a couple months ago. And they had never done sitcoms before. And uh, I guess we should explain how that works. There's four cameras, and and there's the producers and the directors sit by a monitor that has a quad. How do you, 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 you explain this best. You're so much better at it. Well, they have a they have a roll around like a little mini mini. It's a TV screen, but it's divided into four pieces, and each camera's what that what each camera is shooting is on each section of that quad split. They call it that grid of four four monitors. And okay. so, when you're performing in front of an audience, or when you're taping your work, everybody's not looking at you. You perform kind of like you're in a play. The sets are all set up so that you're kind of the cameras are in front of you where the audience would be shooting different angles all at the same time so it happens all like a play instead of just a little bit at a time and then remove the camera and then shoot a little bit more it's all done sort of um, in real time you do the whole scene so the people that are directing you aren't near you they're over in the corner huddled around a monitor (laughs) looking at all four of the cameras what they're shooting so that they and then they they usually come running over to give you notes or they holler from across the stage if they have something for you to change does that help yeah oh you're the greatest see every time i i need something explained i i go to bath um so not only is the director sitting at that video village is what it's called but all the producers most of the network, most of the studio who produces the thing, there's about 30 or 40 people huddled around one little television set looking at what you just did. And every time the take is over, they have a discussion, and then they ask you to do it again or they change something or whatever it is. I, there, there were two or three people who had never done sitcoms before, and I went over to them and I said, now, when you're not uh, when your scene is not there, go walk over and see what those people actually say about what 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 the scene just was. Because as an actor, every time they yell cut and they have a note for you, you think you did something wrong. If they change a line, you think, oh, I didn't do that line right. Or but, but, but it's always you. And when you go and look at to see how it's done, you see that hey, you're the last thing they're thinking about. They hired you. They're happy with you. They don't care about you. They expect you to do your job. They're looking at a boom that was in or a camera shot that was wrong or a light that was showing, and it has nothing to do with an actor. And as soon as an actor is freed from that, oh, my God, it's me, they are able to just be creative and free and have a wonderful time on the set instead of worrying about their job and worrying about what those people are saying in Video Village. And that so, all come, I'm sorry. See? Go, see, go. See, I'm interrupting again. Uh, and that all comes back to what you were talking about, Brandon. If you're not aware of how the rest of the stage is working, you're, right. you're, you're missing a huge part of enjoying the experience or being, being useful and helpful and propelling yourself through the experience with more tools if you have more information. Wow. 
Oh, we can go on for hours about this movie. <laughs> and we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it, I mean, it's absolutely fascinating. It really is. So you guys, on, on the side, beyond, beyond your own careers, you guys teach acting, do you not? Yes, that's right. Yes. When you well, teach in the class, I wouldn't, really, I wouldn't really say it's acting. See, it, it is acting. We absolutely teach acting. However, um, we, it's, it's mostly an audition class. It's mostly okay. a class about how to get the job. And so okay. in that, there's a lot of acting, a lot of acting tips, a lot of acting um, uh, uh, exercises that we give. But it's, you, we assume that people know what they're doing or else they wouldn't be auditioning. It's not a beginning acting class. And to sort of backtrack for your listeners, what we're talking about is um, Joel and I both have separately taught acting other places. I taught for 18 years at an acting school um, over at CBS, and Joel has taught privately. He coaches. He does all kinds of other things, as well as a longstanding partnership with another fabulous actress, Mary Pat Gleason, who he um, taught a course with as well. So what we did was we kind of put our heads together and realized that if you go on the Internet, you can find all kinds of information about how to get an acting class together, where to go. Um, you can certainly buy courses and stuff online. But there was no information at all about auditioning. And that's what we sort of, the niche that we sort of thought we, we wanted to fill, because that is a really absolutely different set of tools and skills you have to be able to master. If you don't know what you're doing and walk in and bungle your audition, you can be the most brilliant actor on the planet, but you won't get the job. So we taught, and we, we have an ongoing um, acting class here in Hollywood. And we rent a studio from uh, that is a, a big uh, commercial casting house. We rent one of his studios in the evenings, and we have um, regular students that come in, and we teach together. Joel and I, it's just like the interrupting. He always ha- we, all, we have different points of view on almost everything, but, sure. but we, we are able to come together and provide all kinds of information because of that. Joel has his way of approaching it and the way his career went. I have my way of approaching things. He's very outside of the box and very creative, and I'm very rigid and structured because I do a job usually when I'm an actor. I do a job that is very rigid daytime. We have to do a whole episode every single day. and. Uh-huh. So, and Joel has done a lot of features where there's a week to do a scene. You get lots of time to rehearse and expand your performance and discuss it with people and work it all out and theater. It's that way, too. So we're, we bring to the classroom different information, but, but the point we're trying to get across to our students is that the only right way is your way, and that that's what you have to learn. You have to learn the skills and the information you need and then make, make each presentation a performance or an audition or anything anything you do, your very own, because there won't be any other person that picks the way you pick, that acts the way you act, that is your package. And there's no right way except yours. So that's how we... I had an acting teacher really early on in my life that said, if somebody, if you go to any class and they say, this is the way to do it, turn around. Because there (laughs) is no way of doing, one way of doing anything. Um, uh, I would imagine maybe surgery is different, but um, <laughs> in any of the arts, there's no one way of doing anything. And it, and and he said that you know after a while, by the end of your career, you should be able to write a book about your acting technique, and wow. you 
could take a little bit from Meisner and a little bit from the actor studio, a little bit from Uta Hagen, and just do what works for you and figure it out. So the reason why um, the, the stuff online, the acting classes that you can get online, uh, seem to be rigid. They seem to be, um, this is the way to do it. And, uh, what, what, and there really, in my opinion, is no one way to do it. Uh, but what, that, what we can say about auditioning is there is a way to audition. If you come in and you, you know, want to shake hands or you come in looking like this or you come in doing this, you will not get the job. There are some really rigid things that we can tell people that they should not do. We never tell people, we, we encourage people to be creative, but we never say you should do it like this. It's mostly don't do this, try this. Yeah. Does that make sense well, I, to you? Absolutely. And I'll tell you what's great about both of you is you're both living testimonies to the idea that you don't have to be Julia Roberts or Brad Pitt to find genuine success in this profession. You know, I think that in these times of us... Did he just say something good to us? or was that... I'm, I'm, I'm saying bless his heart. Bless your heart, Brandon. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, in, in these times of Us Weekly and the tabloids, I think that many young actors... And I've seen megastardom as the thing to aspire to, and and you're kind of living proof to the idea that that you know there are there are other treasures to be found in this profession. Uh, you know, megastardom actually is very very difficult, and, sure. and it's really not a good life to live. I mean, I'm sure there are megastars that have wonderful lives, but it's it's um, it, it, the paparazzi and the people recognizing you and the uh, I mean, Beth and I have a little bit of that, but not to the point where we can't eat our dinner out. But the, I've been with people who can't eat dinner in a restaurant because people want their autographs or they're pointing. It's it's really not fun. It's not a good life, I, I, at least not what I could see. But both of so, us, being, both of us being character actors, though, have really done what you've said, and, and thank you for even noticing that because it escapes a lot of people's view. A lot of young actors especially, that all they dream of is being a huge star. Um, I kind of never wanted that. I always wanted to be a character actor. I would rather play Eleanor Roosevelt than Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I just, I just sort of feel like that's the, always the course I wanted to take. But that's a, that's a, a quiet road, <laughs> not a popular one. And uh, thank you for even noticing that. Um, well, the great thing is there's there's room for there's room and there's necessity for all of it. Yes. Yeah, I think I'll say so, there. I think more yeah. so now than even 10 or 15 years ago. I think what you, when you turn on the television and you watch CSI Any Town, whichever Miami, New York, whatever, <laughs> um, if you if you you'll see that all of a sudden now on television there are people that look like real people. They're not all people that look like Angelina and Brad. They're they're people that really look like you could go out the door and see them at the market or, or drive by the police station or the forensics lab and that's who's working there or show you know see the crime scene tape at the mall from something and and those are the people that are running around in the suits with the notepads they it, thank goodness television and and eventually the obvi- the audience because that's who sort of um, ultimately dictates what is seen on television. They're targeting what the audience wants to see when they're making their choices about programming. Um, the audience has said, we want real people. And um, Is that the same? Is it the same in soaps? Do you think it's changing that way? Because it's 
kind of like ha- I think it had. I was I was one of the first real people. I know you were. And you want to marry for it. <laughs> I did, like, uh, but I think I think um, soap still might be the sort of the last vestiges of of be- beautiful people. Um, I even agree nighttime with that. Soaps, yeah, I think that they still do. I think there are occasionally novelty characters like mine was that sure. uh, where they. And bring you know what? Go ahead. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but on daytime, anytime, anytime uh, someone comes in and breaks the mold, like Kathy Breyer on One Life to Live, mm-hmm. or say this this new kid Bradford Anderson on General Hospital. Mm-hmm. Every time someone comes in who's not the norm, who's not that standard, you know, beautiful person, they take off like a rocket because the audience just gravitates toward them. I agree. And I think so that it, it makes you wonder why it doesn't happen more often because every time it does happen, it, it just takes off like a like I a think it, it doesn't happen very often because of the novelty, because they can ensure that every time that they're worried about their ratings, they bring on a novelty character and they get ratings. That's my opinion. I think I think that they keep it as a as you know as sort of stacking the deck. They keep, they don't they they make their general money on beautiful people and and beautiful you know dramatic storylines, and then they they throw their little uh, trump card in every now and then with an interesting character. Yeah, uh, I don't really watch all that many soaps, but uh, it seems to me that most of the regulars are beautiful people or oh, sure, people absolutely. that have been on it for 150 years. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they were beautiful then when they started. <laughs> I, I understand what you mean, Beth, but I, I mean, you, of course, you are so much more in the soap world than I am. But it seems that, the, 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 as you say, the, the kind of quirky people are on and then off. Yeah. So I want to ask you, too, about the differences between stage and screen acting. I mean, I know that, that you've done a great deal of stage work, Beth, and, and, Joel, you've done an amazing amount of television and film work. You know, I've heard arguments on both sides, people like James Woods saying basically that acting is acting regardless of the medium, and then others insisting that you have to seriously and kind of deliberately modulate your performances depending on where you're acting, or else you'll look like an idiot. Um, I'm wondering if you two can talk about the differences between the different media. I would say you have to modulate your performance for what TV show you're on, what movie you're on. If you act as if you're on, you know, Hannah Montana and you're doing ER, you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> modulating, modulating your acting for the different things you're doing is, is of course, obvi- it's obvious to me. You have to. If you're on stage, you act one way. If you're doing Three's Company, you act one way. If you're doing Frasier, you act one way. If you're doing... Any, just name a show. You have to act in that world. That's something that Beth and I talk about on our, uh, in our class and online. And but I will say this: I also agree with James Woods. Acting is acting, but there are subtle change, subtle differences between doing a commercial selling biz and and you know doing an hour long nighttime drama. There are there are obvious differences, and, and even James Woods would not approach those two different challenges the same way. Acting is acting. Nor did he. Nor did he. Yeah, he was, <laughs> no, oh, no, he it. was on TV, wasn't he? Well, oh, yeah. He, I'm sure he was, and, and if he wasn't, we can also – I love the F. Murray Abraham story about uh, – the first time I saw him, he was a grape in the Fruit of the Loom commercial, and the next time I saw him, he was an, uh, an Academy Award-winning actor oh, yeah. in, on the day. <laughs> So, so um, acting is acting. 
there are certain things you have to know to be an actor. You have to have a certain amount of intelligence to be successful at it. And you have to use the subtleties of each kind of genre to inform your performance and what you bring to them. And like Joel said, we, we cover in our uh, online, so we kind of didn't finish this. So we, teach, we taught all these classes, and then we started realizing we had lots of information, and everybody would say, could we make the class bigger? I mean, can, can you get 30 people in instead of 18? And we couldn't. There weren't, we want to have lives and careers also. We can't be teaching every minute. So the most obvious thing to do was then sort of archive the information and make it available um, to whomever would like to have the information through video. And so we started recording our 20-minute lectures in our Hollywood classes. And those lectures we edited down um, into cohesive information that we made into a 10-week training series. And the subtleties that you asked about, Brandon, are, are built into those. For example, we teach a couple of weeks. Joel's the specialist on this one. So he, he teaches a couple of different um, episodes, if you will, on sitcom auditions. How do you make yourself specific to that medium and or an hour-long drama i do a soap opera audition um week and then we we did feature films we cover basics and stuff too we cover information about how to build an audition from the very beginning if you've never been to one but we also talk about how to, to make those subtleties to each different genre really specific to to informing what you bring to them for bringing them what they're looking for instead of having you leave it to their imagination to say well maybe with direction we could get that actor where we want them they don't have time for direction um, also what what you could probably tell by talking to both of us at the same time is Beth is really a lovely person who is encouraging and nurturing <laughs> and she's really good with the basics and talking to people and uh, coaxing out the best of them. And I'm like, okay, come on, do it. Let's go. Let me see it. Try this. Try that. Try that. So it's a, it's a blend of she's really, really good at teaching acting and taking people that might not understand the basics and uh, feeding them back again and not making them feel stupid. And those are the times I just sort of sit back and don't say anything because I, uh, I'm, I'm more like, okay, try this. Okay, try that. Try that. And um, the balance of what we do is kind of amazing to watch uh, because it sort of meets in the middle and you get everything. You get encouraged to be um, slow and deliberate and then uh, you're encouraged to make bold choices and go out on a limb. You get everything. And and so the subtleties you asked about, Brenda, because we never, I always try to get back to your question because we never really answer it. <laughs> sort of like politicians. <laughs> I don't really even listen to it, Brenda. So there you go. Sorry. Did you okay. talk? I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, that, there are absolutely, uh, there's only kind of one general platform for acting, a bunch of different schools of technique as to how you get there, but but you have to kind of bring that that's something that, that is acting to each different genre. And yes, they are specific, and yes, you do have to kind of tweak them and be, be more for that and less for this and stage you have to be able to be heard on on tv you have to be quiet because they're right over your head with the boom you don't have to talk so lot. there are some really obvious technical things but i i think ultimately acting is acting you know going on what you were talking about just a minute ago in in terms of building an audition um uh, a couple of months ago i had a great friend of yours on nicholas walker love and him, love uh him. yeah he's terrific and he was one of elaine's last boyfriends on seinfeld 
as that oh. show neared the end of its run. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he told the story on this show about auditioning for that part. Uh, and he was talking about how he showed, he showed up very much in character. The character was a bit of a, I don't know, like a slovenly street urchin. He, he lived a very utilitarian lifestyle. And so Nicholas kind of showed up to audition in an old rumpled suit, you know, very low-key, uncombed hair, kind of just very unkempt. And he I talked about even, how there were... I can't even picture Nicholas Walker looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. He talked about how there were probably 50 guys in the room with him, and almost all of them were these buff, sharply dressed hunks. And, you know, here he was just looking like a slob. And he was so sure that he wasn't going to get that part that he almost left. And, yeah, of course, he got the role and the rest is history. But, but you know, in terms of, in terms of building an audition, uh, that, that's, that would seem to be, you know, a, a great tip. Kind of read the script, you know, get a character breakdown in your mind and, and go with and make a choice and go with it. We, yes, we care yes. a lot. We care. But do you want to talk, Jolie? Go ahead. No, go, go. No, no, no. I was just, I was just agreeing, going, yes. That's absolutely correct. There's so much more that, uh, than that, but that's a, that's a really good way of getting a job. We always say the, the people that come, the, the directors and stuff that come to talk to the class always tell people, I don't want to see what I know, I want to see what I don't know. So what, what Nicholas did was show them something they didn't know about the character, and of course he got it. Just It's not necessarily you will get it if you dress differently, but it's just bringing... Your right to it. You, there's, you, there is no right. You, as an actor, are right for the part. Show us how you're right for it. Go, go, Beth. I, I'm done. <laughs> well, we and we. Ta- I, I'd hate to be like a walking commercial, although I don't hate it that much. But, but we talk about that stuff too. We talk about how to do research on each particular job you're going out for. Let's say you get a call from your agent and you have um, an audition tomorrow afternoon for CSI, CSI Anytown, and you've never seen it. So they give you the audition material. It's called Sides, which is a little scene or several scenes, and they usually are covered with Sharpie where sections are, are, are crossed out that involve other characters because in the room when you go in for an audition, there's only one casting assistant reading everything that isn't you. And so there's the, auditions are so barbaric and so challenging, and you have to come into a very um, fraught with peril, completely confusing a completely un like segmented material scene you have to come in and make that into somebody that they would love to see on television so or in a movie whatever and so um, in preparing, we talk about ways to go do the research, to go find an episode online, to watch the show you're auditioning for, to find out all you can about the character, to talk to the casting assistant when you get there and see if she can give you any pointers about what they're looking for or any further information than your agent read the breakdown paragraph of the character description to you. We, there are all sorts of ways to go and find out what Nicholas did um, about, about well, that's why something like YouTube is so great because you can pull up you, you can pull up anything on YouTube and watch. right, right. Yeah. Or you can often often the networks have um, all, I know for soap operas you can watch episodes online just sure. by going after they air just by going to CBS.com looking up Young and the Restless looking up today's episode and you can um, there are you can go on SoapNet and you can watch them the next day. You can go like I said online almost every studio large studio Sony TriStar um, Universal whomever is the producer of that episode has their site too where you can at least sample part of it. You can at least see a section of an episode of the show you're going out for to inform you about what what style Joel calls it. What kind of cheese are we making today? 
It's, I, I always say that, that just like any other industry, show business is you're on an assembly line and you're making cheese. And so what cheese, there are some good cheeses, and then there's cheese whiz. There's, you know, Gruyere, and there's, there's Camembert, and there's, you know, uh, American slices. There's different <laughs> kinds of cheese. What cheese are you making? You need to know what kind of cheese you're making. And if you're on, like, the ghost whisperer, and you have to see dead people, you really have to make that cheese. You need to make that show when you go into the room. So you have to. So this is back to the subtleties. You have to know what kind of genre it is, what, what style they're looking for in terms of the acting you bring to them, what kind of a character is almost incidental to the kind of cheese, to the kind of show you're auditioning for, and what right. they will be looking for, and whether. And if you don't bring it in the audition, you could, like I said, be Lawrence Olivier, and it's unlikely you'd be cast on a soap opera with that performance, Lawrence. You know, Larry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that's why we always say embrace the cheese. Embrace whatever cheese you're making is that's what you have to do. So if you're in a soap opera, you better be able to cry on cue out of one eye. Right. And if you're on Seinfeld, it probably won't be, you know, appropriate to do that. You need to know how to talk fast and, and say smart remarks with Elaine. <laughs> So ultimately, um, to prepare, you the first thing is the obvious thing, which is getting the script and the character description. The second thing is doing a little more homework so that, the, like Joel's director friend says, show me what I don't know. He will be watching for every hunky guy to walk through the door before Nicholas and, mm-hmm. and perform what the words are on the page mm-hmm. in a way that shows them as an appealing, handsome, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the character describes. They won't be expecting Nicholas to walk in infused in the character. Already, already knowing, you know, making some really specific choices. And like I said, that's what Joel's great at. Um, in in our ten week series, there are um, there are segments that teach little sort of games to expand your creativity, um, ways to push yourself beyond the information that's right there on the page, beyond the facts that the author wrote, and the style of show you're going out for, and the kind of work that's obvious. It causes you, it forces you to think out of the box and, and create something very unique that no one, and, and not off base. This is not making stuff up out of the air and going in and playing that character high, that's, it's not that. It's, it's, it's making logical assumptions based on what the author wrote and then expanding that to make it a very inventive, all-your-own audition. And that's what gets people jobs, or at least gets people called back for other projects later because people won't forget it. Even if you're, Let's say you have the most brilliant audition. You're not what the producers and writers pictured. You may not get that job, but they won't forget you. And well, two weeks later, there will be, there will be an, a role for you, and you'll be called back. The way we explain this to people that don't necessarily are not necessarily in the business is we equate it to Olympic ice skating. In Olympic ice skating, you get two different uh, sets of marks. You get a technical mark, and then you get the artistic mark. So the technical mark is doing the scene exactly as they wrote it, making doing the right thing. You need to get really high marks in that. And so Nicholas went in, and everybody in that room, I guarantee you everybody that went in at his level did scored really high on the uh, 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 technical marks. However, the artistic marks are what you bring to it. 
just like in how many lutzes you can do and how many whatever you whatever they are. Um, Nicholas came in with an artistic took a, a, a risk and came in with artistic marks that could have gotten them twos or tens, and they got them tens. Yeah, and a lot of that is because Nicholas is just fabulous. Oh sure, yeah. Oh, absolutely, uh, but but you know there are a lot of uh, uh, really really talented actors that you will never hear of because they don't get jobs. Sure. So so sort of to help uh, steer people in the right direction, our little website www dot um, has has a lot. We um, put a bunch of stuff on the site for free, just for people that need information. There's blogs and articles. There's all kinds of information about how to deal with a casting director, how to deal with parking, what time to get there, what to wear, you know, what what uh, what is at, what is good etiquette and what is bad etiquette. Um, we have little video clips for, that people can watch. That that we have a revolving series. Joel has a very funny. Um, what is it, Joel? Don't kiss. Don't kiss, don't, don't cry, don't mime, don't <laughs> die, and don't move and the don't chair. And don't move the chair. There are all there's it, it summates in five little mini lessons that you that we cycle we we rotate them on the site. Um, it summates what you absolutely should and should not do in five easy rules. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's little uh, there's interviews I interviewed Joel about how he got started he interviews me about how I got started both of them are really not normal stories but no one's story is normal and that's kind of our point there's a there's a road to success and it's your road and it won't be exact how do I break into show business it's never the same no two stories are the same way you know it doesn't it doesn't happen the same way twice so so um that there's all kinds of information about us personally too if you'd like to know about um our experience uh, both as teachers and as actors before you um carry on and and sort of commit to listening to our information and and seeing whether it even holds water and then and then we will continue to add we've got a 10 week series available for purchase and you can and you can stream that um you you buy for very little money acting classes in our class even uh, starts at $300 a month and goes up from there to you know 6 or 700 dollars a month for acting class if you're if you're um uh, very studious and into the and need the information um, or need the contacts this is completely modest and for that minimal fee you're able to watch it as many times as you want to for a period of time i think it's 10 days um and yeah. that's and they we can you know you can they can purchase that and show it in in the classroom we are approaching a lot of um, universities uh, theater departments and things like that um, where they will use this information to enhance their already existing program auditions like i said it's not you don't have an audition class in college when you get a theater degree and when you go to film school, there's no place to learn this stuff. And Absolutely. so Joel and I thought, you know, um, we made a whole bunch of mistakes learning all of these techniques and all these rules. It would be silly of us not to share this information. <laughs> and like I said, there's the, we charge a little bit for some of it, but most of it is free. Most of the information is just go check out what we have to say. And I, I do a new blog every every week, sometimes more than right. sometimes more than one a week. Joel writes all these articles about um, other other things of interest, and we will continue to expand our catalog of educational information. Um, we're, we've got master classes in the works that are coming up. We've got um, there'll be eventually PDFs. Marketing stuff. Uh, we uh, there's uh, there's all this stuff that we're planning on doing. We just launched the website, so it's not necessarily exactly as we want it. But there's tons of stuff on there. 
but we have marketing classes that we're going to be doing and helping people with uh, uh, headshots and resumes and stuff like that. It's really geared for the actor and how we can help them, which goes back to the original uh, thing about giving back. Um, sure. So many people were so incredibly nice to us on the, our way up that it's a way of giving back to the community and not charging $400 for lesson for it, making it affordable so people can know what they're doing on their way out to uh, California. Because if, if there's any other thing that you could do besides act, you should do it. <laughs> really, it's really not a particularly nice life. It's a wonderful life, and I'm, and and Beth and I have, I'm sure, are incredibly lucky and and happy, and it's it's really exciting. But if um if you think about it, it's really a life filled with rejection. Even now, I mean, they, they say something. I'm sorry. No, I mean, they say something like 5% of people who call themselves actors actually make their livings as such. So, you know, I think it's, it's a, actually less. The union is <laughs> actually less than 5% who actually yeah. make a living at it. Yeah, 5% I mean, makes some money. That's a pretty sobering statistic. Yeah, it is. And, and, and I can assure you that that's, um, you know, there, there are, even when you're doing very well, even when you're under contract someplace or you have a role on a, a series regular on a, on a series that's in production, it, it will end. <laughs> That's the inevitability about every role. It will end. The run will be over. They won't call. Them. Oh my God! I, yesterday I was talking to a friend of mine, and um, she was. Done, I mean, she's she's been in many series and doing very well. And um, uh, we were talking about another friend of mine of ours who was on a series in the '90s or something, and it lasted for ten years. And we were going, you know, oh, he'll never have to worry. And she said. Oh no! It, it's he is he has a, so it, you know as quick as it, it is as it's there, and you think it's never going to end. It's over. You, you know we we always say if they send a limo, get in because very soon there will be no limo. <laughs> <laughs> and nope. and it's and it's also why it's not only just a creative choice to want to do other things in show business. It's a necessity also to be able to have other skill sets available for when you're not working. Sure. You know, um, for, kind of forgive me for bringing up an uncomfortable subject, Joel, but I, you know, I know that my sister Sam had already wrapped production by that point. But with your proximity to um, Rebecca Schaefer in the late 80s, you're in a pretty unique position to counsel young actors today on the dark side of fame. And uh, in this age of you know, Facebook and MySpace and Twitter and all these blogs and things, where we all seem pretty proud of the fact that we know a little too much about each other. Uh, do you ever give yourself a moment in class or, or, you know, in coaching young actors to kind of talk about stuff like that that's, that kind of goes beyond the mere mechanics of acting? Of course. But um, uh, we don't really bring that up in class. It's, it's mostly whenever I coach someone, uh, a young actress, especially young actors, are not necessarily as um, uh, they're they're not really targeted that much, but young actresses are. And I every single time I work with a young actress, I actually make a very sobering statement and tell them the story and try to scare them into taking more care than Rebecca did. 
Although I must say there was no way of her knowing. It was somebody Absolutely. at the door, Absolutely. and they were delivering a script, and um, it's a terrible thing, actually. It's a terrible thing, but, you know, I can only, it's like, you know, scared straight. I can only do, but I do tell mostly the young um, women. Um, now, in addition mostly. to that... In, in addition to that, though, we do we don't talk about that specific subject or story in our in our in class, but in preparing for, in talking to people about what they put on their resumes and what information they exchange. Oh yeah, we do do that. Yeah. Yeah, we we cover that very specifically, and we yeah. encourage them to get to have a website and have referrals to the website instead of to a home address. But they don't ever give out their their home telephone number as a contact. They have to have they might uh, perhaps do a cell phone or they might have a service. Um, if they if if a contact direct has to occur, if they don't have an agent or in between agents at the time or something, they need to find some other way that it can't be tra- traced back to their home address. We dis- we do discuss with them that um, the only time you give out personal information is after you've booked the job and the wardrobe department has to call you at home to set up your wardrobe fitting or or they have to deliver a script and they don't even do that anymore. They don't deliver scripts. They email you files. All email, sure. yeah. Right. So we we really encourage as much information electronically tra- transferred as possible. That you fax things. That you you know if they have changes, they fax them or email them to you. And to to sort of reduce that that direct contact as much as possible. On the other hand, we also encourage good manners and realizing that the whole see, the whole basis of a career is on uh, good impression, word of mouth, good manners good skills, professionalism. So you bring a thank you note. After you've booked a job or something, you send a thank you note to the casting director. You send a thank you note to the director. You don't be imposing. You don't be, you don't be um, you're like stalkers, but you do be professional and appropriate and, re- and realize that all of this is based on personal relationships. If you were great at your job and, and made a good impression because you were easy to work with, you knew your lines, you hit your marks, you took direction well, they're going to want to use you in the future. If you change agents or move out of town and they can't find you, there's no way that they can keep contact with you and you'll never get another job. On the other hand, a lot of the things that go on throughout a long-term career are based on friendships that you, that you develop in acting class, with the casting assistant who next next year is the head of the network in charge of casting, people move around throughout show business, and those relationships are what continue to make you work. So we need to be – Which is, earlier on I said, you know, there are some things that you could do that you walk into a room and you could lose a job. And that that's sort of something else that happens in show business. If you are rude, if you are obnoxious, if you have any kind of attitude – when you walk into a room, it's what Beth was saying. If people have the idea that they want to work with you, they'll be inclined to hire you. If if you're giving attitude or uh, rude in any kind of way or sullen or anything else, there's 17 people behind you that can do the job. Why should they work with you? Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about about working in front of the camera. You know, I was watching an interview with Kate Mulgrew a couple weeks ago, uh, a great actress and a very accomplished actress, and she was talking about how even though the camera is entirely inanimate, it's not objective, and if it doesn't like you, it really doesn't like you. Um, You two have have obviously mastered the art of acting before the camera, so is that just a bunch of 
kind of actory hoo ha, or is there some? Or is no, there really something no, that Kate I is actually, No, Kate is Kate. No, no, no. She's 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 correct. I think. Um, <laughs> Uh, the camp the camera doesn't like you. It doesn't like you. But um, uh, yeah, go ahead, Beth. No, no, please. Uh, unless you want me to. Uh, okay, I. I, I mean, um, the, the the thrust of her statement was that it, it, you know, if you if you kind of um, I don't know, deign to honor the camera, the camera will honor you in return. And I'm just wondering if there's really something to that idea. Well, I don't know. I there are all things, all kinds of things that we talk about um, in class, and and all kinds of things that I've learned over the course of my experience. Um, when you're on a soap opera, you're on camera an awfully lot. Um, uh, if you, there are lots of things you have to be aware of, and everybody jokes about my signature thing is my downstage tear. <laughs> <laughs> Not just not just both eyes, but I can actually the one that's closest to the camera. I can <laughs> tilt my head slightly and have the drip out of that downstage eye. The, have I have mentioned to, have, have I mentioned that she won an Emmy? Several times today. She won an and Emmy. I'll be, for and doing I'll be spending along that check really soon, Joel. Um, anyway, um, um, there's camera technique that uh, that uh, it is very. It sometimes takes takes a career to develop, but there are certain awarenesses about how you present yourself to the camera that maybe she's referring to. Um, I I know that you can if an actor isn't aware and they spend too much time facing upstage or they spend they don't know how to cheat their looks they all these little terms they use they don't know how to, um, to maybe she meant honoring the camera meant means knowing how to work the camera to be on camera at your best advantage when it's on you um, you, don't, you you also as a as a woman especially have to be aware when people do your makeup and your hair what works for you and what doesn't and especially if you're guesting someplace you're doing, being a guest star and you're only there for three days or a week um, if those people it's not like a soap opera or even a, a series or a film where you're there for a long time during that process for everyone to get to know what looks what's the most flattering or what period they're working with what works well for you so maybe it's some of that too where you just have to, you have to, these are all things you have to learn, or it's not something that, I mean, not everybody is blessed to look like, back to Angelina and Brad, not everybody looks that way, so you have to work at looking your best, acting your best, taking advantage of the tools that are on the set for you. Do you think that maybe is where she was going? I think, you know, just like you, it relates to the, the difference between stage and film. If you're on stage, you have to honor the audience. You're doing it for the audience. The audience, your entire energy, everything is to tell the story to the audience. If you're in front of a camera, your entire being is meant, your, all your energy is meant to tell the story for the camera. So you're honoring the, your audience, whether it's going to be live or the camera. It's the way of it's your talent in telling that story, in, in, in getting your point across, whether it be to the, uh, the audience or to that camera, because the camera is your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's definitely stagecraft required in, in, any, in all of the genres we've already discussed. For example, in a soap opera, you're lucky if they ever see even what you're wearing because the shots are so tight, they call them a 2T. They start at your breasts both of them, the two T's, um, and cut off maybe not even the top of your head, maybe just at your forehead. And it's all, you know, talking heads. In, in a sitcom, 
so much of the comedy is physical that the shots are really wide and, and that you see most of the room, you see the actors full view. If like remember the opening to the Dick Van Dyke show, he trips over the ottoman. If they were close up they would never have there there are all these physical gags that have to be seen to be played. So maybe it's also that you have you have there's so much technique involved to being aware of each different um, presentation that you're applying your skills to. Maybe that's some of it too. And you know that the only way that you if you're doing it in front of a camera, that is that's your audience. When you're doing a sitcom, it's an odd thing because you have an actual audience, a live audience, and cameras at the same time. So. That's what that's what Beth was talking about when we go into the different genres and the the shades of technique that you need for each and everything. Doing a stage play is different than doing ER. That's different than doing Hannah Montana. That's different than doing the, the Big Bang Theory. And also the producers are different, so you have to deal with the people. It's just such a complex thing that you have to um, negotiate. In an audition, for example, nowadays most auditions are on camera. In the olden days, there was time in the schedule of shooting for the directors and the producers to come on their lunch hour or through or one whole afternoon when they weren't in production and watch the callbacks and be able to pick the cast that they were looking for for next week's episode, and they were actually present. Now things happen so fast that that's rarely the case, that maybe there's a lunch hour, maybe there's not, and maybe who you're auditioning for is the casting director and the camera, and they play back that tape and have to make their selection from that. At 9 o'clock at night after they've wrapped and watched dailies, they're watching the, roll, the reels from the casting session to pick their actors for next week. You may never meet them until you show up on the set. So so that camera you have to be really aware of. You can't play that camera in, a, in an audition. You, you play opposite the casting director to mm-hmm. develop a relationship and the intimacy that's required for the role, for the communication of the role, and the camera just captures it as a communication device. But you have to know it's there. You can't stand up if there's nobody operating the camera and step out of shot, and now the camera's looking at your, you know, your lapels and your <laughs> belly button, and they don't get to see you doing your very most dramatic work above the frame. So so there are lots of things like that that you have to be aware of um, that, that might be part of being aware of what your audience is, in this case the camera, and knowing what those technique, techniques are to be successful at it. You mentioned sitcoms, Joel, and talking about, talking about the fact that there's an audience there and there's the camera. Um, in sitcoms, do you do you give the camera and the live audience equal weight, or do you play to the live audience and hope that the camera picks it up? Uh, no, you have to give them e- equal weight, and it's actually more for the camera because you're you're doing it um, you're doing it for the people that are watching it, not the 400, 300, 200 people in the audience. They certainly help. And you, especially in, in comedy, you can't help but play to the audience. They're the ones that give you the immediate feedback and the laughs. Of course you play to them. But your main focus is to make a good show. To be, yeah. to, to have, so sometimes you're, doing, um, sometimes you're doing a scene. Oh, Beth, you need to explain this. Sometimes the, 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 the uh, set you're on isn't even on the same stage. It's way in the corner or on another stage, and so you're not in front of a, an audience, but you are. They are doing it in front of an audience. Explain that, Beth. I didn't okay. think I did that well. 
Oh, that's okay. In, in a studio audience, and, now, and nowadays, anybody that's watched television and watched Jerry Springer knows that there's a, an audience section, and then over the sec, it's usually in a sitcom, it's in bleachers, uh, and there's a there's a rail and stuff so that the audience isn't milling around in the equipment area. But but there there are bleachers loaded in, and there are microphones hanging over the heads of the audience. In addition, there are monitors, big TV ca- TV sets hanging from the rafters. In, and you know, period, there's maybe eight of them across the across the bleacher section, so that every audience member can either watch what's happening down on the stage, but realize between the actors and the audience, there's a camera row where all the camera operators are, where the boom operators are, where the video village we talked about early is located. So all of there's all these production people working, working, working between the the audience and the actors. You, it's not like a play where you're all you there's. Your view is unencumbered. You may not even be able to see the actors, and that's what Joel's talking about. The set may be around a corner or on another sound stage because of space or, or whatever accommodations had to be made. Um, and you'll, the audience then is only watching on the monitors, like they're watching, uh, sitting in the bleachers watching TV. So there's, it's happening live. The actors are hearing them laugh. The sound department is recording those laughs so that they can use those when they edit the show together. And really, ironically, the audience is mostly brought in for the actors and their energy, less as a, an entertainment for the audience and more as a tool to increase the actors' energy, to get them to understand the timing of the jokes, to hold for the laughs where they should go, to see what's funny. It's also a tool for the writers. If the, if the audience doesn't laugh at something, they change the line because they want their show to be the funniest it can be. So the audience is a tool, just like the cameras are a tool and the, and the microphones are a tool, to get the best show presented that is possible in the course of their production week. So, so the actors are playing for the laughs, for sure, and holding for the laughs where they think things should be funny. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, they change it right now. Wow. So. See, doesn't she explain things a lot better than me? <laughs> She's so much better at it. <laughs> oh I tell you what's what's funny about you too is is it's it's almost like your yin to the other's yang. You balance each other yeah. out so well that that it's 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 hysterical. I mean, it it must be just a a genuine treat to actually be in your class. Well, I hope so. That's nice. I hope it is. Oh, it is. Beth, come on. Of course. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know you. I know you guys have given out a hundred tips already, but but just uh, to kind of encapsulate, give give us. I don't know, just two or three of the most important ideas or, or pieces of advice for actors to keep in mind as they're going up for an audition. Joe, tell well, let's do the don't get, Davis. don't cry, don't okay, die, tell, don't mime. But first tell them what Betty Davis's main advice is. Who? Betty Davis, isn't, isn't it Betty Davis who said... Oh, yeah, of course, all right. Well, you have to be... You, the, the, the main... The, there's a oh my god it's it's so local it's unbelievable go ahead Beth. <laughs> uh, apparently Betty Davis was asked the same question Brandon and uh, maybe by you I don't know you're you're kind of young I don't know um, <laughs> um, she was asked what advice would you give an, a young actor or actress just starting out in Hollywood and her advice was take Fountain what that means is. It's a street that's a little bit more discreet than Sunset or Santa Monica or Hollywood Boulevard where there's lots of traffic. Take a road that doesn't have much traffic. And, gotcha. and it, it, was, it was meant as just a joke, but in a, in a more bigger picture idea, it, it kind of uh, is, a re, is really good advice. Don't take the way sure. everybody else is taking. Sure. Take, take a little bit more obscure way, and maybe you'll get there faster. <laughs> 
So that that's the Betty story. It and you know what? The way you explained it is the best advice we could give because that is the way we think encapsulated. Don't take the way that everyone else is going. It, it, it's a it's an odd thing because if you go in, if you pick up a side, a script, or whatever, and you go and you go, oh, I know what they want. I'll give them what they want. So will every single other actor that goes in there. So in actual fact, if you are giving them what they want, you will not get the job. You actually have to give them something different. And it's or something so that hard you don't know they want. I'm sorry, go ahead. Or something that they don't know that they want. Exactly correct. But mostly you pick up a script, you go, oh, okay, my mother died and I'm inheriting something, so I'll blah, 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 blah. And you go in and that's what you give them. Instead of, oh, my mother died, what did she die of? How much are you inheriting? Did you kill her? Did you encourage someone to kill You know, it's like there's all this, there's a story that you could tell about your mother dying and you're inheriting something. So what kind of response have you gotten from, from your site so far? I mean, in, in terms of, you know, people using it and logging on and, you know, streaming the videos, what kind of, have you gotten any kind of response or feedback from, from people actually using the videos and using the site? Well, it's actually very too soon because I think it's been a week. What, what has it been? It's been, we haven't really been up. We haven't really been up. Uh, we're, getting, uh, we're getting great response, but we need to do the, the marketing. We need to get the word out. It's, um, it, we're, the people that are getting on there, we're having wonderful response from, but we need to get the public or the least people who are interested in it to, um, to go on and take a look around. Um, and that's sort of what we're doing. Yes, go ahead, Beth. Um, I, I sent out sort of an introductory email to a lot of my contacts and friends and some of my students and that sort of thing when we were just ready to launch and we just got all the video stuff worked out so that they can see it without interruption and that there weren't any hitches in the actual functionality of the site. It was an enormous job. We had no idea what we were getting into. It, it's not like YouTube where you, it's, it's a no-brainer. You just click on it and it goes. <laughs> Um, but anyway, what, it was fun because I got a response to almost every single email I sent over the course of the yeah, last week or two. I got responses oh. back, and everybody, including people that aren't in show business, I just wanted them to know what I was doing. Um, I have an author friend. I have all, all these little doctor, all these people that have no idea what I do in show business and why this would be important. They all went to the site. They all forwarded the information to people that they know. Everybody in Los Angeles area has friends that are breaking into acting or someone's child who's moving here from Pocatello, Idaho, um, okay. and, and wants to know how to break in. So it's great, it's great to have the kind of feedback we're getting. They've enjoyed the videos. They've loved our, our – um, they think that Joe and I need a talk show <laughs> because we're so funny together and we, we um, work really well um, except for my interrupting. We work really, really, really well <laughs> off each other and, and um, <laughs> can usually communicate ideas in, a, in an entertaining way. And, and so our, 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 original, our initial feedback has been really good. Um, we have a couple of young actors, my, my nephew and a couple of other friends, who we've sent the site to, and we've helped, they helped beta test these things for us. Um, they were able to watch the videos in advance and give feedback and things like that. 
before the launch, and all of these um, sort of testimonials, there are lots of showbiz testimonials on our homepage, by the way. Um, We've got directors and managers and producers and actors and other Emmy Award-winning fabulous actors who have looked at our material, and and say the general um, um, response has been, if they had this information when I was starting out, I would not have made so many mistakes. I would have gotten where I was going sooner. Everybody who's coming to L.A. needs to see this information. We've got people like uh, agents and people from New York that, that have said, you know, I'm sending this to all of my clients. They all wow. have to have this basic information. This is so smart, and this is the only place they can get it. Absolutely. So, so and what's the website? Beth, what's that website again? <laughs> www. AuditionsLA.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the uh, I forgot. <laughs> yes, and I want to tell everybody that there are links to that site and to Beth and Joel's site at my blog, BrandonTheBuzz.com, so you can get there from, from my blog. You can also get there from the show's website. So um, by all means, check it out. You know, um, at some point, are you going to add additional videos or additional courses, or is oh, this yeah, basic 10-week course oh, yeah. going to be the... No, no, no. We've got master classes in the works. We've also got tons of stuff that we've already shot that needs to just be edited together to have uh, continuing further information. Um, we just we we did we only shot 14 weeks worth of th- of of study and edited that down to 10 weeks. But we've got 10 weeks of 20 minutes per week. We've still got two hours more material. We've got so much stuff um, because some of it we hope to actually work with actors too. We actually want to want to have um, um, an observation kind of series where they can watch us work with an actor, have the actor bring in the work first as they're auditioning cold, then we direct them, talk to them about the specifics of where they could improve, and then show the final product reshot uh, with them doing the audition over again with the improvement so that they can actually see some of the things in in uh, working progress. Um, we've got lots the of ideas. That, sorry, the, the stuff that is actually the magic of the class, uh, it, besides the information, is how quickly it can work. Mm-hmm. So uh, by, by recutting those things and showing people how there's an audition and someone comes in and you see what they bring, and then just by reminding them a couple of things that we have told them before, they bring something new to it, and all of a sudden it becomes a completely different but same audition. It's the, it's the thing about the two different their artistic marks go through the roof, and you go, well, that's interesting. Now, that's all, as an actor, we can do. We can just bring in an interesting audition. Whether we get the part or not is not up to us. We sure. can never go in to get the job and always go in to get the job, of course. But it's just our job to be interesting. And once you get it in your head that that's all your job is, what's her name, Tyne Daly. Tyne Daly was once asked, do you mind auditioning for things? And she said, oh, no, my God, I get to act that day. (laughs) But that's, that's what we stress, though. They should not go in to get the job emotionally, that's a plus. That is a bonus byproduct. What they should apply themselves to is going in and bringing in a wonderful audition. That's what they should hope for. That's what they should strive for. And that's what their intention should be. So what's the horizon Beth and Joel beyond the, you know, the successful launch of Auditions LA? What's on the horizon for you guys? Same old, same old. I'm going to New York to do uh, some webisode thing. 
I have never done a webisode thing before. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what this entails, but um, wow. I'm going in July, and and it should be fun. My friend Ellen is directing it, so I'm going to do something on some webisode. Uh, who knows what that's going to be, and then come back and start working on the TV shows that are picking up. Um, and Beth, of course, is you know has been on The Young and the Restless since the Civil War. And um, I don't mean to speak for you, Beth. She's, she's constantly working. She's she's one of the greatest actresses we have and constantly working. Bless your heart. I wish I was constantly working. But So instead of constantly working, I'm going to be starting in August a new sitcom. I'm working below the line in a, in a production capacity um, on a new series called Brothers with Carl Weathers. Okay. No. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Why would I kid? Why would I kid? Oh, my God. How funny is that? Who's doing that? Um, I don't know. It's it's at Sony TriStar. It's over at Sony. um, Oh. Who's producing Brothers? It's for Fox. I just found out. I asked the expert. It's for Fox. Um, And and, uh, hopefully there will be some Young and the Restless dates coming up. I don't have anything firm, but I did have a little conversation implying Tracy may be coming back soon. And um, I'm hoping for that. And uh, and we're just working hard at getting our website kind of happening and moving forward. And I don't even want to tell you what I'm doing around here on the farm. (laughs) Driving me some tractor, Brandon. (laughs) You know she has actual horses. Yes, I. I you, oh, she uh, told, she told you. me. She has actual yeah, horses. And goats and chickens and a tractor, and I drive it. <laughs> Just How <today>. funny! <laughs> so we're we're keeping busy. We're keeping our nose to the grindstone. Well, I'll tell you what; these guys are fabulous, and between them, they have about six decades worth of experience uh, uh, behind their knowledge and behind their information. So, you know, if you can't trust these guys, you can't trust anybody in terms of in terms of, you know, teaching people how to succeed in this tough, tough business. I mean, these guys have, have certainly found the, the key to success. There's no question about it. Well, we, we, will, we can impart some knowledge that was imparted to us, and we can give Absolutely. it to people in a, a way that we think is enjoyable and will help people, uh, will just shave, will add years to their career instead yeah. of coming into town and not knowing what you're doing. Just the mere fact of knowing where you're going is the confidence that people see when you walk into the room. And and because of those decades of experience, we can we can keep them from making some of the mistakes we had to make to yeah. learn these things. Yes. So. Well, I tell you what, I thank you guys so much for being on the show. I want to tell everybody one more time: it's auditions plural auditionsla.com. And as I said, there's a link to it from my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There will be a link to it from the show's website, blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of thumbed around and watched some of the videos and read, read most of the blogs, and it's, it's just a really great site. And I, I look forward to watching its evolution as, as you guys get more and more media and stuff on the, up on the site. Oh, yeah, keep watching. We've got tons Absolutely. of stuff waiting in the wings. <laughs> you can watch our evil plan unfold. <laughs> Well, Beth, it was nice to talk to you. Me or Brandon? Both of you, but I haven't spoken <laughs> to you in a while. 
It was. It was a wonderful time. We we appreciate the the um, ability and the forum to be able to to talk about our little project, and we hope that um, that your that our interview was interesting and entertaining for your listeners. Absolutely. But especially if there are people out there that are looking for us, that they can find us this way. And we thank you so much for this opportunity. Sure. You, listen, you guys are welcome here anytime to discuss anything. <laughs> okay, we'll take you up on it, Brandon. <laughs> Please do. Hey, before I let you guys right. go, can I get you to do a promo for my show? Absolutely. All right. As long as it includes the words Beth Maitland, Joel Brooks, and Brandon's Buzz, anything else you guys say is totally up to you. Okay. All right. And I'm recording now, so anytime you're ready, just shoot. Hi, this Hi. is <laughs> This is Beth Maitland. <laughs> and this is Joel Brooks. <laughs> and, we're, and we're on Brandon's Buzz. We are. We're buzzing with Brandon, so so tune in. And don't drop out. <laughs> okay, maybe we could try that again, Joel. Are you ready? <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. Hi. Are you, are you ready, Brandon? I'm ready. Hi, this is Beth Maitland. And this is Joel Brooks. And we're on Brandon's Buzz. We're buzzing with Brandon. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you guys so, so, so much. All right, Thanks, we'll talk Brandon. to you soon. Bye, Beth. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Fantastic Beth Maitland and Joel Brooks, everybody. AuditionsLA.com is the website they've been talking about. It's it's for young actors. It's for old actors. It's for any actors looking to get a leg up in trying to nab that next role. Um, it's, a, it's a great tool. There are videos. There are blogs. There are all kinds of things, all kinds of tools, all kinds of instruction on uh, kind of how to walk in that audition room and really seize their attention. And it's a great site. And I thank these guys so much for appearing on the show. Beth Maitland and Joel Brooks, everybody. Brandon's Buzz in the can for June 23, 2009. As I said at the top of the show, Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, a conversation with a great actress, Terry Garber. You remember her from the North and South miniseries in the 80s. You remember her from Dynasty, from Santa Barbara, from As the World Turns, uh, from Texas 100 years ago. She's a great actress. It's going to be a great conversation, and I can't wait to talk to her. That's Thursday night. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, June 25th, right here on Brandon's Buzz. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, you can find the show in a number of ways from www.blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz, the show's website, from brandonsbuzz.com, my blog, and on iTunes. I'm on iTunes. So just Google Brandon's Buzz, and as I said, certainly something will pop up that will point you in my direction. And I appreciate you finding the show and listening to the show and I hope you continue listening to the show. Uh, I'm having great fun putting this all together, and I appreciate you guys uh, listening to and liking the show and letting me know what you think. So uh, by all means, stay tuned to Brandon's Buzz. Please stay tuned for Brandon's Buzz. Please stay tuned for Brandon's Buzz. I'm Joan Van Ark, and the buzz is... Aren't you so if you feel that you just can't take it And your world isn't what it seems Don't forget that life can be what you make it Better when you live on a street of dreams Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz, the place to be. Hey, this is Peggy Scott Adams, and guess what? I am buzzing with my man, Brandon on Brandon's Buzz. This is Michael Brainerd on Brandon's Buzz. Are you buzz? This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz.
Beth Maitland, are you still there? I am. Okay. I thought that was uh, both of your both of your numbers came up as as uh, unidentified calls, and so I wasn't sure oh. which one stayed and which one went. But I'll have to remember next time. I should. I'm, I don't know how to unblock it. I think you can. There's a code you can do to unblock it, so you can find mm. me. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. Well, listen, I had such fun today, and I appreciate you guys coming along and and talking about the website. It was it was a really great conversation. It's a great website. I was looking at it this weekend. Okay. Kind of, you know, watching some of the videos and reading all the blogs, and it's 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 a really great thing you guys have put together, and I can't wait to track the evolution of it as it as it gets bigger and better. Yeah, well, we hope so, and and um, like I said, we we um, it's it's been sort of a long process, and you know how that goes, getting ready to do this for you. Um, it's a long process trying to work out all the bumps, and then the incorporation took a lot longer than we thought it would, and on and on and on. But but uh, we're now that we're launched. It's almost anticlimactic because now the really hard work of of marketing and driving people uh-huh. to the site starts. So um, <laughs> we're we're uh, learning as we go, and it's kind of it's it's not what either one of us sort of expected or set out to do. But fortunately, we have um, a, a webmaster, and we've got people helping us, and and, a, and some PR help from my friend Brenda that um, I, I mentioned to you um, in February, I think Brenda Feldman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Helping us a little bit, so uh, we've got a friend, Michael Logan, who writes for TV Guide, who's going to um, do a little blurb in TV Guide for us, which is nice. So uh, it should be. We'll see how it goes. It should be fun. We've got lots of plans, and we've got all kinds of great ideas. We just went, had to get it launched to make sure everything worked before we, you know, carried on and added added more products and stuff to the site. So, so thank you so much for letting us come on and talk about it. We appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, I'm happy to give you all the help that I can. I, you know, I have a. I have a very small form here, but but I'm I'm happy to happy to loan it out to you. That's so nice of you. We really appreciate it. And uh, I I emailed you back about the house. Uh, good luck. Yeah. I hope it all works out. Thank you so much. That's so cool. And I haven't heard anything coffee. today, but I haven't heard anything today. But we were haggling about the dishwasher and the refrigerator yesterday. So that's so dumb. And you know what? <laughs> it, it, this happens all the time. And if it's in writing, you you get it. I mean, it's, if it's in writing, they can't renege. And so. Um, they they signed everything. They were supposed to read it, you know. Absolutely. Well, you know, my understanding was that it was in it was in the sell it was in the seller's contract with the realtor that they were keeping all these things, but mm-hmm. it was not in their realtor's disclosure to our realtor, mm-hmm. and so our realtor assumed that it was all saying. Right. So that's that's where the impasse happened, and and uh, if we're working realtor, on. And if their realtor made the mistake, their realtor needs to make it right, either by buying a new one. Or Absolutely. you know whatever it can come out of their commission that happens all the time. And that's kind of the that's kind of the road we're on right now. We're looking at, you know, they can take whatever they want to, but they're going to replace it with identical products. Yeah, perfect. So, and yeah. and I have to say, don't let it break the deal. But but um, this happens all the time. You people forget that the realtors are there working for you, and that they are professionals, and they've got all kinds of um, confines that they have to work under, and they've got all kinds of regulations they have to they have to uh, um, accommodate. And these are pretty obvious ones. And if they made the mistake, they have you know if they made the mistake, they have to honor it. It's it's like yeah. um, I, I, we tell young actresses all the time. They think that they're working for their agents, and it's the opposite. The agent yeah. is working for you. And if you don't like what they're talking about, if they don't like what they've negotiated, then say no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if they don't like it, they can drop you, and you can find another one. But but the fact of the matter is, you don't work for them. You have to absolutely. You have to keep all of that stuff in perspective. And I just but it's not going to be a problem. They'll work it out. And yeah. and it's so exciting for you. I'm so happy and good for you. And it starts a whole new, whole new chapter. <laughs> you know, it's terrifying and it's exhilarating all at once. And yeah, 
Now, and, as we get closer to closing, it, it becomes more and more real, the fact that we're actually doing this. So. And, and it's awesome that you are. And there will be challenges as a homeowner. There's, other, there's stuff you never have to deal with when you rent or whatever, you know, but, but it's all yours. And it's, yeah. you know, it's how everybody gets started on their on their march toward, you know, I don't want to say adulthood. I don't mean it that way, but I mean sort of <laughs> fiscal fiscal responsibility sure, and elevate sure. your, you know, your path. It's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. All right. Well, um, uh, hope I hope that I don't I didn't even ask you if you were going to have people. I know you say sometimes people log on and to your chat thing and want to ask questions. We didn't. We never leave much space. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I got so invested in the conversation that I I didn't I ignored the chat room entirely. There were a couple of questions, but but perhaps I can email them to you and and you guys can can answer that way and I can just post it on the blog or something. Cool, that's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, and um, as I said, you guys are welcome here anytime. So thank you. Isn't Joel funny? He's he's hilarious. I mean, it, you know, you know he's hilarious because you see him as an actor for thirty years, but he's absolutely just a, a riot. Yes, he is. And so, and he's so much fun to work with, and he's so—he's just—it's always a pleasure to even walk into the classroom with him because it's just uh, we don't stop laughing. So, you know, I, you know, I'm not an actor, and I've never taken an acting class, but it must just be uh, a total thrill to be in class with you guys. Uh, you know, I—I I would imagine that you guys impart enough life advice that even if you're not an actor, you would—you would be able to glean something from it. Well, I'll tell you, that's a really good attitude, and most actors don't have it. And it's very interesting. They come out to Los Angeles, and they sign up for they sign up for acting class because that's one of the steps you take. It helps develop a network. It helps you develop friendships where you can, you know, help each other. If your car breaks down, someone can drive you to your audition, whatever. You, it, it's a, sort of one of the first steps you take when you move to Los Angeles. You get it in class. Um, but there are lots of people who show up with a very falsely inflated opinion of what they have to offer and what they can do and what they, and their time frame of how soon they'll accomplish all those things. And so a lot of those end up in class, and it's, a, it's really interesting. The ones that excel and the ones that will succeed are the ones with the attitude you just spoke. They're the ones that are there to learn something, not uh-huh. to show off. And, but I would say at least half of the students we have will never improve Sure. <laughs> past a certain point, no matter how hard we work, no matter how simply we break it down, no matter how many times we repeat ourselves, they refuse to be outside of their ego sandwich. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's very interesting. I, I don't know that everyone gets that experience in the classroom because I don't know that everyone is capable of, of absorbing yeah. it or um, is receptive to it. But if I, we have really some wonderful students and some amazing improvements, and those people say that they do get so much uh, from us. And that's very gratifying, as you can imagine. And I would imagine you could tell immediately just by laying yeah. eyes on them who's going to oh, get yeah. it and who's not. Absolutely. Casting helps with that, too. When I was in casting, you just you can watch them walk through the door. You can spot them. I mean, uh-huh. and, and all actors' approach fall into, like, five categories, you know. of, of It's, like, type. That, you know, and I don't mean character type. I mean, uh-huh. okay, this is egocentric, uh, an egomaniac, never work again. Um, you know, shy, insecure, but talented may go someplace. Um, hard worker, eager. Blah, there's all the there's like several little categories of uh, that you watch walk through the door, and and you, you do, get, do get really fast at spotting them. So <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, I'm going to sign off and see what's happening outside on the farm. We really are driving tractors today. <laughs> and uh, thank you again so much for having us. I really appreciate. Absolutely. It. I'm sure thank had you. A good time. Thank you. All Enjoy right. that nice weather out there. Oh, thank you. We will. Try to stay cool, and good luck with the house.
Thank you so much. Okay, Brandon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.